You're listening to the Makers Making Money podcast, a place where business-minded makers will learn how to sell their products, make money, and build a small business. Here's your host, Katie. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the Makers Making Money podcast. We have a special guest this week. We have Tracy with MNT Woodworks. So Tracy is here to talk about all things woodworking. It looks like she's also a scroll saw expert. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you, Tracy. Yes, exactly, Katie. Um, so I I am Tracy of MNT Woodworks. Um, I make up one half of the partnership. Uh, my spouse Mac makes up the M of the MNT. Um, so we really divide the business and, and work together really well, the, the two of us. Um, we've been woodworking. Actually, Max is the one that started woodworking back in 2018. Um, right after we bought our house, we started kind of playing around in the garage. And then from that, I was like, ooh, teach me how to use these tools. I really want to get involved in the garage. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. We made a couple pieces of furniture for our house. And then, um, yeah, the scroll saw, we got one of those. And I was like, oh, what is this? Teach me how to use this. Let's, let's get dusty. Let's make something cool. And it just kind of really blossoms from there. That's so cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably have a similar story where they bought a house and then there's so many projects to do. So they, they were like, let me do this myself. Let me save some money. I think that's kind of how I got started too, was just wanting things done around my house and just feeling like, let me just go buy a couple of tools and see if I can figure it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think most of us start with like the starter set, like the power drill and the circular saw set. And you're just like, okay, what can I, what can I do with this? What can I put together with this? Yes. That's exactly how I started. The cute little bag and everything. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. When we were looking for a house, we actually wanted to make sure we could find a good garage. Like we didn't care about the inside of the house. We're like, we need to find a house that has a sizable garage because we have visions. And it was before we even really would start woodworking. We had made a couple little signs in our apartment and we're like, no, we need, we need a garage space. So it was the top thing on our list while looking for a house. Yeah. That's, that's good that you knew that before you made the investment. So then you could you know, like I don't have a garage, but I, I really wish I did. And obviously if I am start house hunting again, that's definitely gonna be at the top of my list too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys, you work full time and then you do this as a hobby slash side hustle, small business. Yeah, exactly. So Mac and I both have full-time jobs. Um, and on top of that, I'm also a part-time student and then the two of us run the business together. So we're just kind of going in all directions. Um, our jobs aren't really super creative. Um, Mac works a standard office job. Um, I'm going to school for accounting and I do bookkeeping. So very much not woodworking, not very creative. Um, so the getting into the garage is our, our huge creative outlet. We've been um, makers or artists or creatives pretty much our whole lives. Uh, Mac went to school to learn um, like graphic design and digital animation and some areas of art where I went to school for small business kind of, and now I'm at school for accounting. Um, but art has always been part of our lives, making whatever we can. 
That's awesome. And yeah, I think having those like diverse skill sets just it makes you the perfect pair to be running this business. You have the bookkeeping, that's awesome because I feel like the finances right. like most people struggle with that kind of stuff. So Oh, absolutely. Getting the business formed, doing all of the bookkeeping, all the finance stuff, trying to make sure all the budgets and everything balance. That's a lot of work. And if it's just one person doing it all, like most people are, that's a lot to take on. That is. So are you guys selling the things that you create? Uh, we try to. We actually do a lot of custom work. Um, so those are the things that tend to sell pretty well. We'll make some pieces for us. Um, we have a, a little group of nieces and nephews around our area. So we'll make little pieces for them and then maybe make a couple of those extra to sell. Um, Mac for a while was doing bathymetric maps, which um, if you don't know what those are, they are pictures of lakes. Um, and instead of like elevation, it's the seabed. So it's different layers all the way down into the seabed. Um, and they use like fishing charts so they can see what the depths are. And they use the scroll saw to make these really cool maps that go into the deep of the water. Um, and then they paint them different layers of darkness so you can really just see how cool it looks. Um, since we live in Michigan, we have an abundance of lakes over here. So we do new lakes all the time. People will write to us and be like, oh, have you done this lake? We're like, no, we haven't. Let's do it. Let's work it up. Let's figure it out. And then we'll make a, a custom piece of that art. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I was just looking at your website and I think I saw all of those in your gallery. Those were really cool. Yeah. They do a really good yeah, job. Yeah. They're so much fun. Thank you. That's awesome. And so what are your favorite tools to use when you guys are creating? Uh, for a while, it was the scroll saw. Hands down, scroll saw was a huge part. Recently, I really started to fall in love with a router. Um, so I'm starting to really explore what I can do with that. Um, I got the six-in-one trim router or six-in-one like router jig um, that three-by-three makes. And I am so excited to use that because it, it looks like it has so much potential. Um, we, have, we have a small garage and... So we don't have a lot of room for big tools or um, like just the footprint of everything. So having this really versatile item is really important. And I think a lot of us understand using different jigs for things makes the world of difference when it comes to making. That's cool. I, I wrote it down. I have to check that out. I'm getting so many like yeah. tool must have <laughs> suggestions yeah. from the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I don't know if you like try and cut out circles or if you try and do like mortise and tenons and it just it does so many different things and I've only just started I'm really excited because I've got a project um I want to make a charcuterie board and I want to do little rainbow arches and with this jig since you can cut circles I'm just going to use that to like cut the arches and not need to use a template but be able to space it out how I want it and everything so I'm really excited to put that to use and see how that'll turn out that sounds cool. I'm definitely going to check that out because that sounds really useful. Yeah. And I saw some of the, your recent posts on Instagram. They were so beautiful. Was it epoxy that you guys were working with? Yeah, we just started using epoxy. Um, so in the garage, we split talents a lot. And right now I'm looking more into doing epoxy work. Um, I made this gorgeous set of rainbow epoxy coasters. And it was my first time combining epoxy with walnut. Um, it was really like my third epoxy piece to start with. So I'm very brand new at working with epoxy. Um, so it was kind of 
trial and error and figuring out how to clamp the wood down so it didn't float in the epoxy and mix it all so that way it didn't like blend into one color. Um, I used six colors, I made a rainbow of epoxy. And so I really had to make sure that it, that it didn't just blend into one solid color. So it's a learning experience and I'm really stoked with how it turned out. Yeah, it was awesome. And the pictures were beautiful too. Thank you. I love I, that. I can't get over how pretty they are. Yeah, so pretty. So d- you're keeping those, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> they, uh, they are on our uh, entertainment stand and I haven't put them to use yet, but they've been sitting there and I'm like, oh, I just need, you know, a nice fancy whiskey or <laughs> a nice like mixed beverage to just put on that and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So when you guys do sell, do you sell on Etsy or what kind of platform do you use? So we actually sell on Big Cartel. Um, and that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about because I don't think many people know of this site. Um, we hear Etsy all the time. People talk about Square. Um, I think you said before you've used Shopify. Um, there's a ton of different sites out there. And we started using Big Cartel. Um, one of the nice things about this site is they have a free version. So there's no listing fees. Um, there's no monthly fees. Um, the holdback is you can only have five listings and you can only have one picture per listing. We use this for probably the first like six or eight months of our business because we needed a way to get our products out there for people to purchase. And you can you know, take down and put up as many items as you want. So we would just throw one up and throw one or two things up um, and not having a monthly fee to worry about, not having a listing fee made it super accessible for us. Um, you'll still have like your payment processing fees, like any site, like if you go through PayPal or Stripe, or I think there might be some other payment processors, they'll have their own fees, but the site itself doesn't charge you anything. Um, once we started to grow a little bit and we had more consistent than more than just the five items, we bumped up to their first payment package, which is only $10 a month and still no listing fees, no transaction fees. Um, so it's a really, really affordable, easy access place for, for people who are weary of Etsy or weary about paying the more expensive monthly rates that some of these other e-commerce sites have. Right. Yeah. Cause it can be really costly and especially in the beginning when you're just starting out. So I went to your website on your Instagram, the link in your bio. So is that, yeah. that's, that's your site through, through this company? Yeah, yeah, that's the site through Big Cartel. Yep, in the link tree. Um, And I was able to build up a little bit from it. We're still just on the $10 a month plan. uh, And you can add extra pages, you can add a blog. Um, I created the gallery page and just kind of threw up images. You don't know how to you don't need to know how to do like HTML or coding or anything. It's all super easy and accessible um, to kind of move things around and put things in place. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's something that Etsy really lacks is that ability to really customize or have a blog or something like that. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, that's called Big Cartel. Yeah, Big Cartel. Interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And it's like some of the cool things about the the company is it was made by makers. Um, it was made by artists and it's it's on the smaller side because of that, because they're not a huge name. Um, and they, they support small businesses. They, they support um, Black Lives Matter. They support 
people of all different backgrounds and everything. So I thought that was really cool that they, they put uh, an importance on people um, and they really showcase it through, through all the services that they have. Yeah, that's great. So when you went to the paid plan, then do you get more flexibility with photos and stuff like that? Yeah, with the paid plan, uh, you can have up to five pictures per listing and you can have, I want to say it was either 25 or 50 listings, um, which is a significant amount. We don't ever get anywhere close to that. I think we have maybe 10 or 12. Um, and I really feel like the $10 plan is 50 listings. So I was like, that is not something we're going to get to anytime soon. Um, and you can easily turn off a listing, turn on a listing, create categories, create um, like sale items. You can put out promotion codes. Um, it really gives you like all the flexibility of, of most other sites. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I saw you guys also sell like a few templates and stuff like that. So the digital files. Yeah. Yeah. That was an add on. They do have a couple add ons and that is through just like, um, a widget that they have that connects with your account. Um, you can sign up through it right through big cartel and it'll connect to, I think it's called pulley. And you can do any kind of digital download with that. And so it's all hands-free. You don't have to connect anything. You just put your files up and fully create the listing and then the two connect. So when someone purchases something, it just automatically emails it off to them. Oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. And then how about the shipping? How does the shipping work? It works with, um, it'll integrate with pirate ship. Um, which I absolutely love that. It makes it super easy. You can import the orders right over. Um, as soon as you process the shipping, it'll send an email to your customer saying, hey, your item shipped. Here's your shipping. Here's your tracking number. So it connects directly for you. It makes it super easy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I like I use Pirate Ship a lot too. And I didn't discover it for a while. And I realized just purchasing all the postage through Etsy, like I... I wasted so much money in the beginning. Yeah, so much money. And it's those little fees that people don't think of when they're starting their business and they're running their business of all these like admin fees here and transaction fees here and shipping fees here and everything adds up. And so when you can find a site like this where it kind of gives you discounts on your shipping and your shipping materials, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really cool that it links together. So I, I want to get back into some of your projects that you guys have been working on yeah. because I saw a couple of really cool, it seems like they were relatively recent things that you did. So one was the pickle carving slash, yeah. I guess like scroll saw work. That was so awesome. I was, your video <laughs> was so like mesmerizing. Those were so much fun to make. Um, so I initially made those because my friend Patsy and I were doing the makers collab. Um, which is a huge uh, contest throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, this year, they had people from Switzerland, who was, uh, you were had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, and a team from Australia. So it's starting to really get worldwide. Um, Patsy and I had never worked before. We've been Instagram friends for maybe about a year. Um, and we're like, hey, do you want to work together? Um, and we decided to do Bob's Burgers, which was super fun and exciting. She did a carved 3D burger and I made with the scroll saw a deconstructed burger. Um, so I got to, to carve all the bits, but the pickles were the most fun. Um, just kind of like grooving out the little lines and making little shapes and everything. Um, and from that, 
um, over the same time frame, Sabertooth Spurs, they were having their spring carve with us contest. Uh, Mac was already working on a project and I was like, well, I want to partake too. I want to have fun with this. And the theme was growing in the garden. And I was like, well, pickles, they grow in the garden as cucumbers. Um, so I whipped up a, a batch of, of cucumbers, a batch of pickles <laughs> right at the end of the, the contest. Yeah, I loved that so much. Yeah, the Bob's Burgers one, it really stood out to me as I was looking through the Maker Collab projects. <laughs> Thank you. It was so much fun to work on. I kept the sign for myself. Um, I'm going to hang it somewhere in the house. We're huge Bob's Burgers fans in our house. That's so fun. Yeah, I don't really watch it, but I, I definitely love it. A few years ago, I made myself a burger Halloween costume, and it was so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, so um, fun. I also wanted to touch on the, the carve competition, too, because that was something that Mac really got into. And so if you're looking through our page, you'll probably see a lot of videos of Mac making this massive flower. Um, they made the flower, the man-eating flower from Jubanji. And it, gosh, it, um, the contest rules, it had to fit within a two by two by two cube. And this thing was pretty much pushing the limits. It was right at two by two by like 20 inches. So it was, it was massive. Um, they, they painted it very vibrantly. They carved all these little tiny thorns and all of these crazy details with it, um, which is why I was inspired to also carve, but watching them take a hold of this contest was so cool. Um, they ended up getting in third place. So I was very, very proud of them because um, they've only been carving for like six months. Um, so it was a very, very huge win for them and very huge like confidence boost. So they're working on more carving projects now. Um, they've got a couple things in the works. I know they really want to do an octopus. Um, they're making a sign for one of our friends. Um, they're just kind of going going right at all the carving and it's going to be super cool. Yeah. I love that was the other thing I wanted to mention was the Jumanji flower. That was so cool. I was obsessed with that too. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's huge. It's massive. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they keep telling me uh, that they want to put it somewhere in the house and I'm like, where, where are we going to find a place to display this in the house? Like maybe out on the porch. Uh, we have an enclosed porch. So like maybe out there it'll be good. They're like, no, it needs to be in the living room. And I was like, where, where are we going to put it that we don't run into it? Right. <laughs> so far out of the wall. But it's also so cool that I'm like, okay, we could probably have this in the living room. That's awesome. Yeah. Power carving is definitely something that I would love to try, but it's it it feels very scary. I think I've, I talked about it also with um, Re Rebecca and Ashley. They did the, yeah. the Maker Collab project. So yeah, it, it looks so fun, but it's cool to see that people are just kind of jumping into it and then they're making such elaborate things. It's awesome. Yeah, I definitely recommend getting into it. We wanted to get into carving for so long and we held off. And now it's like, well, if we had started a year ago, we would have been like so much better at all of these things. So we're still just kind of easing into it. And we've got a whole collection of burrs now. Um, and even if you just get one or two, just to like shape the edge of a project and see what kind of life you can find in the wood, um, I highly, highly recommend it. It is such a, an accessible and cool thing to get into. 
Yeah, it's cool because, you know, when I got into woodworking and I would think like, oh, like I wish I could make this. But then it's like I always thought everything had to just be square. Like there couldn't be any like shape or like free flowing movement. But yeah, it's like the power carving is just this whole world that that you can unlock. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't follow Tiff over at Night Carver, um, go follow her. She posts really cool carving things all the time. And she's why we're so obsessed with it. We're like, oh, my God look at all the cool things she does. Let's see what we can make. Like we don't want to make the same things, but we want to explore what carving really can do for us. Yeah. So how is the investment? I I've kind of glanced when I've been at the hardware store recently, like what do these like carving tools cost and stuff? But I was surprised it wasn't as expensive, especially for the little birds. Like they weren't that expensive really. Yeah. So um, we use a Ryobi rotary tool. Um, some people use a Dremel. We like the Ryobi one. Um, most of our garage is decked out in Ryobi tools. So it really just works well for us. Um, that kit comes with a couple burrs, but honestly, the burrs that it comes with and the sanding pads that sanding pads that it comes with, they aren't the greatest. Um, I was a little shy to get into power carving because I tried those bits and I just they worked so slowly. They really didn't take off the material very well. And I kind of felt really discouraged from it all. Um, with the saber tooth burrs, they're a little bit more of an investment, but they last a lifetime. Like they are powder coated and they're, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what all they do with it, but they are, people have them for years upon years and you don't have to replace them. Whereas like some of the cheaper burrs that you get, you've got to replace them. They don't work as well. Um, so they can be a little bit expensive. I want to say that a single burr is anywhere from like $15 to $20, which isn't too much for one or two to get started. Starts to add up if you really start to like buy a bunch. Um, but each month they have a coupon that goes out. So that really helps. Um, there's discount codes out there. Um, I think on the Sabretooth Instagram page, there's always a, a discount code. So that always helps with cost. Um, but really it's an investment that's going to hold out for you. Um, so if you spend $40 and get two or get three or four burrs, um, those will tide you over for a couple of projects and then you'll become addicted and then it will be a nice collection to build on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Cause I saw in some of your videos, your shop looks so organized. I love it so much. <laughs> and I, I think I've that seen, is, yeah, I've seen your little that is, blocks of, of burrs, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. That is all Mac doing. Mac is a very organized, tidy individual. I am not, I, I get so messy. I think that a lot of people with ADHD can, can commiserate with that, that you get into an art zone and you just destroy everything around you while you're working on something. And it just becomes a huge mess of everything. Um, but Mac is super particular and super organized. Um, so they have, we have wall control all over the, our walls to organize everything, which I love their stuff. And then we had all these burrs and we needed a place to put them all. And I was like, well, here's a block of walnut I'm not using. Just drill a couple holes into it and we'll have a place to put the burrs, which was like the worst thing I could say to Mac because they're like, I can't just throw a couple holes into this wood. So they got distracted from the project they were working on and they found a block that we had and like used a ruler to like draw out all the grids and all the lines and find out exactly like where to space everything 
So this block that was just supposed to be willy-nilly to hold some birds is like immaculately placed with all of these holes uh, for all the birds that we have. Um, and we've since outgrown it. So they're working on making a new one with even more spaces so that we can buy more birds and have a, have a gorgeous display. That's so cool. Now I'm wondering, I think it's awesome to have a partner that you can be in on this together with, but do you ever like butt heads or clash on, on ideas or get in each other's way in the shop or anything like that? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, so we work really well together. Um, since we're married, we've got to work well together. We have a really solid relationship. Um, and that translates really well into the garage. But there are some times where, like, if my mess intrudes on their space, it causes a little anxiety and a little tension. Um, we, when we're trying to explain a project we want to work on, we don't hear each other the same way. So I'll be explaining to them, okay, I want to do this and I want to add this thing and I want it to look like this they can't comprehend what's in my brain and I can't explain it well enough. So then we get frustrated and angry at each other. And then they try and explain it back to me. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. And then it causes, it causes a little tension. Um, from that, we've kind of learned that, okay, one person will spearhead a project and the other person will help with accents or help with something in their skill set. Um, and it goes both ways. So I'll spearhead some projects and work on things, or they'll, they'll be like the project leader on certain things. Um, and we're starting to drift more and more to where we're working completely separate, but in a shared space, um, which adds its own pros and cons and everything. So if one of us is in the garage and we're doing finishing, like stain, finish, the other person can't be out there making a whole bunch of sawdust then it's going to mess up the the finish and everything. Um, Or there's times where you really just want to get out in the shop and have your moment with your tools. You just want to decompress. You want to have that wood therapy. You don't want anyone else around. So we have to sometimes schedule time with each other. Like, okay, I really want to get out to the garage tonight. I've got this project coming up I want to work on. Or do we want to go out there together? Um, So it takes a lot of communication, uh, which luckily we're both really good with communicating with each other. So that helps out that we just kind of schedule chat with each other. If one of us is making the other person so infuriated, we just kind of be like, okay, you're in the garage. I'm going to go back in the house. I'm going to do some chores or some video games or just relax without you. Right. That's good. Yeah, you guys, it sounds like you have great communication and you work really well together. Yeah. That's awesome. So you live in Michigan. So do you guys do like local like events or anything to try to sell your products? We do a little bit. We really wanted to do um, the night market, which is something that happens at our our local farmer's market. Um, It's right downtown Kalamazoo where we live. um, And it's four Thursdays throughout the entire summer. Um, the first one is coming up this Thursday, and we really wanted to do it, but we've been so busy with customs and with work and with life and with all the things that we don't have enough stock. Um, we've got a couple of pre-made things. I've got those coasters, <laughs> but we don't have enough stuff to justify sitting at a table for hours with like seven things to sell. Um, so that makes it a little difficult. But the next one is July 16th or around then. It's around the third week of July. Um, 
So our goal is to sign up for that one and be there for that event with some items in place. Um, if that doesn't work out, we do have one event that we do every year that we love. Um, it's called the Bell's Bazaar Bazaar, and it's at a local brewery. Um, it's out in their beer garden. It's just a really fun, relaxed event. Um, there's a limited number of vendors. Um, the, the beer garden is open so people can come and grab food and grab beverages and just kind of walk around. Um, and our style and our design and stuff fits really well with the vibe of the whole area. Um, I think this year we're the only woodworkers, uh, which is really cool to be a niche group in all of these makers. Um, and that's one thing that the Bazaar does really well. They really jury to make sure that there's not a lot of overlap. So there'll be maybe two potters, maybe two soap makers. Um, they really try to make sure that it's not overwhelming with anything. Because if you're going to an event, you don't want to see your stuff at every other at every other tent. Um, and customers don't want to see that either. They want to peruse. They want to look around at different things. They don't want to see the same thing tent after tent. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you go and it's like all jewelry makers or a bunch of candles or... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is great if that's what you're looking for, but it can be frustrating if you're looking for that diversity. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The doing the events, I think it's so much fun because it just gives you that experience to like interact with people and watch them like observe your creations and, you know, like compliment you. And like, it, it does make you feel really good, but it's, it's so much work getting ready for them. So much work. And you may or may not make a lot of sales. Like you'll talk to a lot of people, which is great. I love talking to people. Mac doesn't like talking to people as much. They'll be there for the support and they'll get excited about their projects. But I will talk to everybody that comes up that wants to talk. Um, but yeah, getting prepared for it all, making sure the car is packed up, having all the little things you don't think about. Like, did you bring a fan? Do you have an extra battery charger? Um, do you have cash for cash sales? Um, do you have bags? Do you have a chair to sit in. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. And then you feel exhausted after it. Um, the bazaar is in the middle of the day, so it gets done at like three o'clock. Um, last year was the first year that Mac joined me for it. And they're like, oh yeah, after this, we're going to go see the niece and nephew and we're going to go hang out with them. And I was like, no, no, we're not. They're like, oh, it'll be fine. I was like, okay, well, you can go. I'm going to go pass out because it's I'm going to be exhausted. And sure enough, when we got done, they're like, yeah, that was exhausting. Let's, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. It's so exhausting. And you have to start like basically at the crack of dawn. <laughs> yeah. And then be there yep, all day. Set up for a couple of hours. Yep. yep. Be in the heat, maybe have someone food run or, or beverage run something to you. Um, it's a whole day. And even like, especially on a Sunday, it's the whole weekend because you spend all day Saturday worrying about what needs to get packed up, what you need to have, what last minute things do you need to throw some finish on or hanging hardware on and make sure it's ready to go for the next day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I enjoyed doing those, but I, I've, I've definitely taken a break from it and I don't know that I'll get back into it because it's just like, yeah, it's an insane amount of work, but it is really fun though. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with the Bizarre Bazaar every year and then maybe up to the four um, night markets. And that's, that's our comfort level. So I don't think more than that is anything that we can do unless we go full time with the business. And then we'll have time to make stock and we'll have time to have a, a go bucket <laughs> ready with all the stuff that we need for, for a show. 
Right. So is that one of your guys' goals or dreams to, to try to go full time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if Mac will go full time with me, um, but the goal for me is to at least take a, a step back from full time um, to work part time, um, finish up my schooling, which I have about um, a year and a half of schooling left, um, and then do full time with the business. Um, right now, since I'm already running most of the, the finances, I do the customer service, I do all the website, um, I do a lot of the administration of the business. So that takes up a lot of my making time. So if I can drop to part-time with my day job, I can do the other part, the business stuff, and then still have time to be creative and be out in the garage. That's cool. Eventually, I think Mac wants to join me full-time. They really enjoy their job. So it's, it's mundane. Um, they have a lot of freedom in what they do, um, and they really enjoy it. So if they could also do a part-time situation and then woodworking more, I think they would love that too. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, that seems very realistic, especially as a bookkeeper. I feel like you could even become like a consultant almost. Yeah. That's one of my goals is to offer bookkeeping consulting um, to other makers, especially other woodworkers, um, because I'll already be right in that niche. I will already understand what your costs and your expenses are and really understand what your workflow is. Um, and I would love to offer that as a service to other makers. So that's, that's in the goals. Um, I'm starting to do a little bit of bookkeeping for a couple different people, um, getting my feet wet with it. Cause the last thing you want to do is trust somebody with your finances who doesn't know what they're doing with it. So taking it easy. And then once I feel confident enough in myself to handle someone else's business, their baby, um, then I'll be, I'll be ready to, to help out other people. So do you have any tips that you could share with makers, like what you know about bookkeeping and accounting and stuff like that? Any tips to help people stay on top of their, their stuff? <laughs> yeah. So definitely having a calendar of when things are due, I think is important. Um, and that's mostly when it comes to taxes. Every, every state is different with taxes. Um, I pay quarterly for my state. Um, so every or every four months, um, July will be the next time I need to pay taxes and look into that. Um, so I use QuickBooks. Um, there's some other accessible sites out there. One of them is Wave Apps, um, and that's a free bookkeeping software. Um, it's very similar to QuickBooks, um, but it's free. It doesn't have as many bells and whistles, but I started on that because it was very accessible. Um, you can set up all of your like your uh, chart of accounts and your expenses and your assets and everything. You can set it all up in there um, to operate your business. Um, there's one person on Instagram I follow, um, Christy Steinman, um, and her handle is Christy Steinman CPA. She is a woodworker and an accountant. Um, so she's kind of like dream goals for me. I want to be her one day. Um, but she does tax tips Tuesdays for makers and woodworkers. So definitely follow her because every week she's posting new tips and new information and stuff to really make sure that your business is financially sound. Um, I think she's even coming out with some resources this summer um, to I don't know if she's doing like a packet or if she's doing a, a class or something, but she, she announced that she's got something cool coming this summer in relation to her tax tips Tuesday stuff. 
Oh, cool. I'm definitely going to follow her because I'm, I'm super into that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would definitely say she's a great resource. I've learned a lot from her on what to do with the business and different things to, to pay attention to, um, like making sure you're tracking all your receipts, making sure that you have your own business bank account separate than your personal bank account, um, and then making sure that you're registered as a DBA or an LLC. Um, those things are super important to have. Yeah. And the sooner you do them, the, you know, the more you'll probably be thanking yourself later <laughs> that you took yeah, care of it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're kind of kicking ourselves in the butt right now because um, we signed up a little late for our DBA and we just missed out on a huge grant opportunity through our county. Um, and we missed it by a couple of months. So we'll be eligible next year to apply for it, but it would have had such a huge impact right now if we were qualified for that grant. So definitely get it in order, look to see if your state um, or if your location has a small business development center. They have uh, free resources. Um, they connect directly with the um, small, business, small Business Administration, um, which is a federally run organization that also provides free webinars, free um, software, free tips and tricks. Um, really to help you get your business running, running well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. And I think also I, for a short time, I was um, working with like a mentor who was part of the SCORE program, which is also affiliated oh, with this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was, yeah, they're a great yeah, that was really beneficial. And it's like, yeah, there there are so many things out there that are no cost or low cost maybe, but I mean those kind of things, there's no cost to it. And it's it's just like this is a free resource, but if you don't if you don't know where to look, maybe you you don't come across these things. Yeah. Yeah. I only learned about them because I took a business class as part of my program and they talked all about the SBA. And I was like, what is what are all these acronyms that are being thrown around? And then I was like, oh, the Small Business Administration. Okay, that makes sense. And then I looked more into it. And I was like, oh, there's a resource center blocks away from our house. Um, I reached out to them. I was connected with a mentor also. They have the SCORE program there. Um, so it's, it was cool to know that there's this free resource literally in my backyard that I can go and connect with. Um, networking events, um, just all kinds of really great resources. That's awesome. So what, what do you guys have coming up on your calendars? Any big projects you're working on now? Um, we both have two big carving projects that we're working on. Um, I am working on carving a coffee scoop spoon. Um, so I'll start showing some videos of that here pretty soon. Um, Mac has a couple um, carving projects that they want to work on. Um, I want to dive way more into epoxy. Um, I got a... Uh, a, a mold to do a charcuterie board. So the rainbow coasters that I made, we're going to be doing a charcuterie, charcuterie board to match that. Um, I've got a couple other epoxy projects. My friend, um, he went out and his buddies went out shooting uh, beer cans and they destroyed one, but it's actually well intact. So they wanted to turn it into like a funny trophy. So I'll be encasing that in epoxy and really learning what deep, epoxy casting is because that's a every every different layer of epoxy is so much different than everywhere else right and I I've like briefly just like looked into it like googled some stuff and it's like there's 
even just epoxy it's like there's a million different kinds <laughs> so many different kinds yeah the coasters i use one brand the charcuterie board i'm using a different brand this deep pour i'm using a third brand so not only am i learning different types of epoxies but how different companies work with their different epoxies and what it all takes with everything so there's definitely a lot of learning out there, which I'm so thankful for Instagram and YouTube because I learned so much from other makers that they've made this just easy to, to start getting your toes wet and really start doing your own trial and error. Right. So do you and Mac have a YouTube channel or any, any other social media that you guys are doing? Um, just the Instagram and TikTok. Um, I do have dreams of doing a YouTube. And I think it's because sometimes I want to say a lot more than I can say in 90 seconds. I want to show people the process more. I want to share what I've learned so that other people can learn from me because you learn different things from different people. If you watch the same things over and over again from different people, you're going to pick up on new techniques. Um, so I would love to share my own learning experience with people and see, see if I can help others out there. So I would love to do YouTube, um, and I think that would be something once I'm no longer full-time, I would probably fit that on my plate. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun to get into. That's something I'm also curious about, but it's kind of like it, – it feels – like there's going to be a pretty steep learning curve to figure out, okay, like how do I make the videos how I want them? You know, just coming up with a plan and like, what am I going to say? How am I going to organize it? <laughs> right. Yeah. How am I going to write a script for this? Like, how am I going to set up my cameras? Right now I only have a cell phone. And like, I know some creators, that's all they need is a cell phone. But is that all I need? Does that work for my space? Is my phone good enough for that? So there's a lot of, a lot of unknown that I haven't quite deep dived into yet. Yeah, same. So I have one curious question because you guys work with all this beautiful wood I see you working with. So as kind of like relatively newbie woody woodworkers, woody workers, <laughs> woodworkers, <laughs> um, I'm curious because this is something for me that's very intimidating. So it's kind of like a personal question. But how do you guys get into like exploring the lumber yard and feeling confident there buying all these like beautiful types of wood <laughs> yeah that's a solid question because for the longest time we were really nervous about it mac is even still nervous about it i'm the one that goes to the lumber yard um and like they'll tag along sometimes but it's, it's usually me um we originally started out going to big box stores and getting our lumber our lumber there um which we still get a lot of there we love using poplar for a lot of stuff so we get poplar and aspen um, from a store just down the street from us. But when we're working with the hardwoods, like the walnut, the cherry, the maple, um, we have a lumber yard that's just on the other side of town, um, RSL Hardwoods. The owner there, he's super awesome, laid back. Um, the first time I went to his shop, he walked me around to all the areas and pointed out what was what. Um, he showed me how the measurement system works. Um, they have a like a cutoff area where it's pieces that aren't good for most builds, but it's perfect for what I'm doing. So I was able to like grab things from that bin to really start getting a taste for how to use certain hardwoods. Um, he has a bunch of like slabs and cookies and dimensional lumber and all kinds of stuff there. So it was very intimidating, um, but I, I messaged him on Instagram and I was like, hey, I know nothing. 
I know I know absolutely nothing. And he's like, well, come into our store. We have we're, our barn is open on Saturdays. Come on in. I'll walk you around. I'll tell you what everything is. Um, and he, he was able to help me start learning and get comfortable with, with how to buy things. Um, I don't know if I have a lot of advice on how to go about that um, myself, but there are like board foot calculators online that you can kind of understand what a, a four by four is a one inch, a, an eight by four is two inch. They measure everything in, in quarters instead of how big box stores measure everything differently. Like they'll do one and a half instead of six fourths. Um, so that was a, an interesting thing to, to learn how they measure things. Um, we're a little held back because we don't have like a planer or a jointer. So a lot of lumber you're gonna get from the lumber mills are gonna be rough cut. Um, some lumber mills will have what's called 2S or 4S, and that means one it, one side has been surfaced. So one side is, is flat, not rough, um, which is helpful if, it, which can be helpful depending on what you're making, especially if you don't have a planer or a jointer, you know that one side has been flattened. So then you can run that through your table saw or you can just sand the other side of it or, or use a planing sledge to, to flatten the other side of it. Um, so it's definitely, once you get into going to the lumber yard, you're not going to want to keep going back to the the big box store. You're going to want to keep going back to them and the personal relationships that you make with those owners, because they're small business people also. Um, so they are super like available to, to answer your questions. And if you go to a place and they're jerks, then that sucks. Don't go to them. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to buy from someone who's going to be a jerk when you're really just trying to learn how to use this material and more often than not the, the people that own these sawmills they they want to teach you how to purchase their items and use them for your builds right yeah that's a good point yeah they're a small business owner too and it sounds like you know the guy you interacted with is very nice and was willing to help you learn so that's that's awesome so it's yeah yeah I guess most places probably not as intimidating as I'm making it seem or building it up to be in my mind. Right. And it's, it's that, that fear of the unknown. Like you, you can easily walk into a big box store. Everything's labeled. Everything's there. Everything you feel comfortable just going and grabbing something off of the shelf. But since a lumber mill, the only thing they sell there is going to be the lumber. You really don't have that, that cushion of like, okay, I'm going to walk down this aisle and kind of look at the things. And if I'm scared of what I'm getting, I'm going to go somewhere else in the store. You don't have that with a lumber mill because that's the only thing they have there. That's the only thing you're shopping for. Right. So it, it can be daunting to, to go in. And I say, you know, grab a buddy to go with you. Um, you can play up being dumb about it if you <laughs> want to. Be like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, or you can be honest with the person and just be like, hey, I would love to learn how to purchase these things. Um, and I wish I had more resources to, to share of like, here's how you go buy lumber. Um, but that's something that I would love to put together that to share with other people. 
Yeah, I think that part is just really intimidating. And it's like, like you're mentioning, like the board foot, all this kind of stuff. Like I've definitely tried to learn it, but I feel like it's just like when you don't have the practical experience with it, it doesn't really stick in your mind. I feel like that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. And I'm still learning a lot of that too. Right now I buy mostly from the the cutoff bin um, because that's not measured in board foot. With that stuff in the cutoff bin, he writes a price on it and that's the price for that piece. So I walk in there and I'm like, oh, this huge piece of walnut, $15. Okay, I'll take it. And it's $15 because it's kind of warped in some areas. It's a thin cutoff, so it doesn't quite meet his minimum threshold for what he keeps on the shelves. Or it's got like a weird crack in it, or there's just something functionally wrong with it. But I'm going to cut around that stuff anyway. I'm not going to use that for the, a tabletop. I'm right. going to use a part of that for a cars or part of that for a sign. So most lumber yards are going to have that like maker's bin, that cutoff bin, um, that like discarded ends bin. And that's the place to start to get comfortable. Um, you can even walk in there and be like, uh, where are your cutoffs? Where's your scrap? And then just kind of go dive into that. And that'll get you comfortable with starting to use hardwoods. Because hardwoods work way differently than pine or poplar or aspen. Um, different grains are, are different thicknesses. Um, they're, they've got different hardnesses. So learning how to scroll cut it or how to cut it on your table saw. If you have these scrappier pieces, it's less of an investment. And it gives you more time to get comfortable with the trial and error. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, I, the cutoff bin, it sounds perfect for me because I, yeah, I like making yeah. small stuff, you know, like I kind of gravitate more towards small stuff because I have a very small shop, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think cutoff bins is the place to start for you. Um, Google local lumber mills in your area. Um, I found Tim on, um, I think on Facebook Marketplace, he had posted some items and like I went and he had a link to his store. And so I was like, oh, there's his store, there's his Instagram. Um, and then he posts stories of what's in his cutoff bin for the weekend. Um, Ooh, and then thanks. I was like, oh, okay, that's in there this weekend. I'm going to head up there. I'm going to grab some stuff. Um, and it, it made it super accessible. That's awesome. So do you guys have a truck or are you just kind of working with whatever cars you have? <laughs> right now we have a minivan oh, um, and perfect. we just tossed everything right in the minivan. Um, I used to have a Pacifica um, and we throw everything in the back of that. So all of my seats were down. <laughs> we don't have kids or dogs. We've got cats. They don't travel anywhere. So the back of our car, all of our seats are down and we use that to, to haul everything around. That's cool. Yeah. I, I drive a Honda Accord and I pile it. I mean, I'm still in the big box stages and I'm buying the pine and eight foot boards. And it's the like, sometimes people look at me like, how is this woman going to fit all this wood in her like little car? <laughs> Not yeah. that little, but it's, it's a car, you know, it's a sedan yeah. and I can stack it in there. It's, it's coming like right up through the driver in the passenger seat, but You're it's right. in there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And at the, at the lumber mill, they can always cut it down too. Like if you find a huge long piece and you don't want the whole thing, you can have them cut off what you don't need. You don't have to pay for the whole length of board. If you don't want the whole length, you can talk to them and be like, Hey, 
this eight foot board, I only really want four foot of it. Will you cut it off? Um, or will you, like whatever size they will, and they'll work with you to, to cut off what your needs are. Um, for the most part, there might be certain ones that they're like, now nah, you got to buy that whole thing. Right. Um, but if they're going to make you buy the whole thing, they may, they'll still cut it down for you. So you can at least load it into your vehicle. Okay, nice. Good. Well, that, that was some nice advice. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else do you want to share with the podcast? Any other makers tips or small business things that you've learned? Um, let's see. I wrote down some notes that I think I took care of most of the things. Um, yeah, where we sell. Oh, with selling online, buy your own domain. That is my biggest tip to people. Um, because if you start on Etsy, if you start on Shopify, they give you a shop link and it's usually shopify.com slash your shop name. But if you decide that you no longer want to be on that platform and you want to switch to another platform, then it's now squarespace.com slash your shop name. But if you buy your own domain, you can always have it as mntwoodworks.com. And if you change where you're hosting, you it stays the same. So your printed material, your business cards, your links on social media, because you know you've put links places, you're not going to remember to go update. If you all have it as your domain, you never have to worry about where your customers are being sent because you control how your domain works. Um, we bought ours with Google, um, Google domains, and they make it super easy. They have a walkthrough tutorial of how to forward your domain to whatever site that you're hosting on. Um, and then people people type in mntwoodworks.com and it goes right to my big cartel site. And if someday we outgrow big cartel and we want to use something else, that website link is still going to go to whatever site we send it to. Yeah, that's a great point. Then it's like your followers, people will move with you. If you move somewhere, they're always going to the same spot. So that that's a really good tip. Exactly. Yeah. Biggest, biggest tip that I think is missed. And even if people are starting with getting their feet wet with Etsy, Etsy allows that also. Um, Cause you just set up your domain to redirect to Etsy uh, and it lets you keep that. So it gives you a little bit of pride and ownership also knowing that this is my link. This is my website and the face of it may change, but this is, this is me. This is who I am. Yeah, and it looks like it's it's pleasing too to the eye, a shorter domain, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's much more straightforward and it it really connects with the whole branding and everything. Yeah, that's great. Anything else you want to share? No, I think that's it. Um this has been a great conversation. I hope people have learned a couple things here and there. Um people are welcome to reach out to me. Again, I'm Tracy. I'm at MNT Woodworks. Um, right on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm an open book. Um, Mac's not really on social media. Like you'll see their face because I'll post about them. But if you message, you're going to connect right with me. Um, and I'm happy to, to answer everything, anything and everything I can. Feel free to come to me. That's so awesome. That's so nice of you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be following along on your journey, Mac's journey. I love seeing what you guys are working on. Um, so looking forward to seeing those future uh, carving projects that you've got in the works. Yeah, definitely stay tuned for those. Yes. And people have to check out your Instagram because the rainbow, the rainbow coasters, they're just so beautiful. I love them. If you start selling them, let me know because I'm going to want to order a set. (laughs) (laughs) 
Absolutely. The next sets are going to be sold. So yes, come for them. (laughs) I'm going to keep an eye out for that. So thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I loved getting to know you and learning about your business. And again, you know, we have a resident accountant on our hands. So if anybody has any finance or bookkeeping questions, because I think that a lot of makers maybe struggle with that because they're very creative, but maybe they're not as into that, like kind of more analytical stuff. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Come to me with some, with number questions. I love numbers. So I'm happy to, to set you on a path that works for you. That's so cool. All right. Thank you so much, Tracy. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. This has been a blast. I guess it was wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Makers Making Money podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Makers Making Money and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week with a brand new episode.